Welcome Living by Faith podcast listeners. For the month of January, we will be honoring the late Pastor Kelly Guilford for her 30 years of dedication to Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church, her boldness in the faith, and her groundbreaking sermons. She will be missed dearly by all. Enjoy. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, it says God has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. In the Amplified, it says, God purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law, and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. God has redeemed us from the curse. So what is the curse? The curse is poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Now, today is Healing Sunday, so we're going to center our attention on sickness because God has redeemed you from sickness. Now, I want to bring something forth first. Anybody that happens to be taking medicine to alleviate symptoms of whatever symptoms they are, don't get in condemnation because you take medicine. I'm going to tell you, I take medicine. And the doctor increased my medicine, gave me a brand new pill because things was going wrong in my body. But the devil is a liar. See, you got to know who you are. And I know who I am. I'm about to break out of the medicine. So that's why the devil had to try to put something else on me to make it seem like I'm sicker than what I am. But the devil is a liar because he ain't getting away with that. I'm, I'm serious. You have to be serious about your health. Now, one of the things about uh, being a healthy person is you got to do the things that are right for your body. If your doctor tells you, now, I mean, assuming that most of us go at least every five years to the doctor for a checkup, but if your doctor tells you well, you know, your blood pressure is a little high and you really shouldn't eat salted foods and da-da-da-da-da. Well, then you go out and buy a bag of potato chips. When you drop dead, whose fault is it? You can't blame God. You did what you wanted to do. I hope that bag of potato chips was worth your dying for. Or, or, the, de- or the doctor tells you, well, you shouldn't, you know, you really shouldn't eat pork because it, it tends to escalate one's blood pressure. And you go out and you get yourself a ham sandwich. Well, when you have your stroke, whose fault is that? Then you say, well, God, why didn't you heal me? And God was trying to get some message to you, but you wouldn't listen. And see, we do that to ourselves, and then we want to blame the devil. Yeah, the devil is the, the, the accuser of the brethren, and he's also the one that brings those things our way. But when you go out and get into the devil's camp by doing the things God has told you not to do, well, then you gain. You gain. Now, one of the things that I, I had opportunity this morning, I was watching Fred Price for a few minutes, and one of the things he was talking about was that God is continually blessing you all the time. God is continually pouring out blessings. But if you uh, don't stay up under the umbrella, okay, well, this is wrong. That's what I said. God is continually blessing. But what I'm saying is the umbrella is God's way of blessing you from getting the darts of the enemy because Satan is always shooting darts. That's what I meant to say. Okay? The devil is always doing his stuff. Always. But we have a Savior. Jesus, whom the devil had crucified. Now that we can blame on him. Because he was trying to stop Jesus in his tracks. But little did he know. Little did he know that when Jesus died, (laughs) the kingdom was come. Hallelujah. See, See, the devil... Now, pay attention. The devil, his job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, abundant life, and and see, we use this the wrong way. Some of us think, well, 
Abundant life means I can have ice cream anytime I want to. No, it don't. Abundant life means you're able to buy ice cream anytime you want to, but you don't eat it all. Because, see, we go and buy ice cream and then won't eat it all. Oh, no, we don't want to save none for the kids. We wait for them to go to sleep. We put them little toddlers in the bed and then raid the icebox. You know how we do. No, the kids don't need this. I don't want to be sick. But you go and you get what you want in the middle of the night, your little midnight creeping. And then when you get sick, then you're asking God, well, why didn't you bless me? God was blessing you all along. You could have got sick sooner. At least God saved your life long enough for you to take some medicine. It could be worse. So you cannot, what we, we Christians constantly do is we look at the wrong side of things. You know, you can go up a mountain on one side and you can go up on the other side. Sometimes there's a glacier on one side like ice and snow, and then on the other side, it's like a meadow. What side you going up on, the one with the ice and the snow? Or you going on the side with the green stuff? See, what we do with our own health is we try to go up on the side with the glacier because we want to eat everything that's down here to eat. I mean everything. We get like that. We say, well, I can afford to buy this. So we go and buy it. We go and eat in restaurants, and you don't know what they're doing with your food back there in that kitchen. That's the truth. But you go and you plop down 20s and 30s and 40s and $50 a meal. Big money. And we do it. And then wonder why God not blessing us. Well, first of all, you're spending your money wrong. Okay? We won't go there right now. But what we're doing is we're causing injury to our own self. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you going out and, and having a meal in a restaurant. Believe me, there's nothing wrong with that. But what we people do is we eat more processed food than we eat real food. You ever notice when you go home, what are you eating? Did it grow out the ground? Did you pluck it off a tree? I mean, even if you eat different kinds of meat, did you? can you name that animal? Because so many of us eat processed food, we don't know what to call it. What's in a hot dog? <laughs> Y'all eat some hot dogs and, and, and you don't even have a clue as what's in there. And I mean, there's some strange things in that thing. You have a look at the, the packaging label on Frankfurters? My goodness, it'll turn your stomach. Praise the Lord. But let's get back to the scripture. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. See, we have to get out of the place where we are depending just on ourselves. We have to get to the place where we're depending upon God to do what we need to do. It's not fun to be sick. Listen, I know. It is not fun. Yeah, Claudia, no, it ain't fun at all. Some people say, you on vacation. And then, uh -huh. It is not no vacation. If you've ever been sick and you were incapable of doing what you, your normal daily activities, I mean, just normal. You had to wince in pain when you brush your teeth. See, that's, that's pain. You don't want to be there. Your, your goal becomes, how do I get out of this? And if I ever have good health again, I'll never get back into this. Because once you've been there, you don't want to go back. You really don't. Now listen to this. Pay attention. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, 
The Lord your God will set you above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you heed to the voice of the Lord your God. And then it goes out through verse 14 and tell you how you're going to be blessed. But what does it say in the beginning? If you will listen, you have to obey God. And that's where many of us depart from the word of God. We hear it. We hear it week after week, after week, after month, after year, after year. We hear it, and we toss it aside. We know how to say praise the Lord in church. We know how to say glory to his name. We know how to say all the right things. But see, when the going gets tough, the tough need to learn how to get going. Going with God, that is, and not going off on your own tangent. See, what so many of us do is that we, we, we listen to what the Bible tells us, but then we don't take it out to church. We like deposit it at the threshold. We don't take it home, and that's where it's going to do us the most good. That's why we know how to say the right things when we come back amongst the saints. But during the week when the devil is hitting you with a left hook and a right cross, you, you start cursing and carrying on and talking about your arthritis. See, it's not only old people now that talk about arthritis. Young folks talking about it, too. Because, see, the devil is getting stronger and stronger only because people keep letting them in their door. The devil can't get any stronger than you let him get in your life. It's up to you. But you have to decide that you will listen to what God's word tells you to do. You have to decide that. If nobody can decide that for you. You have to be a doer of the word your own self. You have to listen diligently to what God is telling you. If the doctor tells you don't eat salt, then no, he ain't God, but that's your health. You only got one life. And if you give that up on some potato chips, you're a fool. Now, you know that's true. Listen, what, what, mother, what was that saying y'all used to say? Don't let your mouth write no check, your butt can't care. Well, you know it's true. See, what we end up, I mean, and that, that was talking about talking, but we end up doing things with our mouth that we cannot back up with, with our actions. With, with food, we eat to our own death. We do. We eat to our own death. And that's not a good thing. God is trying to get a message to you. He wants you to be healthy. How will you ever be able to go out and get people saved if they look at you and you're the picture of death? Think about it. Somebody going to look at you and say, I don't want what you got. I don't know. I don't want that. No. Is it contagious? I'm getting away from you. Now go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. I know you know what that says, but we're going to look at it anyway. Verse 22. Samuel said, Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. In other words, do what God says to do, obey. And then he says, and to hearken, that means to listen diligently. When you hearken to something, you're really listening. You're really hearing what is said. And when you're really listening to what is said, then you produce an action that corresponds with that. You hear, you say, and then you do. 
You got that? You hear, you say, and then you do. You repeat it back to yourself, what you're supposed to do. So you can learn from your own self. To obey is better. Turn to Genesis chapter 12. Now this is about um, Abraham. Remember when he, Abraham, no, this is not Abraham. What am I talking about? This is, this is that guy, that wicked guy. That lovable Jacob. Jacob 32, 26. <laughs> Jacob, uh, Genesis, excuse me, Genesis 32, 26. What did I say, Jacob 32? Hey, close. Genesis 32, verse 26. Let's go to 24. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now listen to this. Hence, the, 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 this will be the name of this message. Then he said, let me go, for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you declare a blessing upon me. Jacob said he would not, he wasn't going to let the man go until the man who we believe to be the angel of the Lord, and you all know who the angel of the Lord is, right? The angel of the Lord, we believe, is Jesus come in the, in the flesh in the Old Testament. And when I was reading this, I'm trying to see if it was in this one. Anyway, in, when I was reading with this, when he was wrestling, what came to me was that he was, I was reading, that's what it was, I was reading a different translation, and it said he was contending with the angel of the Lord. So he was wrestling, he was fighting with him. For what? To get a blessing out of him? But how do you get a blessing? How do you make God bless you? How do you make God bless you? Well, that's a good start. How do you make him bless you? You, 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 you got to do what he says for you to do. You got to listen to him. You cannot just make God. Remember, Jacob's name means supplanter, trickster. Remember what he did to his um, uncle Laban? Oh, he was something else. He was a piece of work. He was some piece of, and see, too many of us, we try to be a Jacob. We want to be a piece of work, too. We want to get what we, what we didn't work for. But this is the place where God actually changed his name. 27, the man asked him, what is your name? And in shock of realization, whispered, he said, Jacob, meaning supplanter, schemer, trickster, and swindler. Oh, that kind of describes him. And he said, your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. Contender with God. Because contend, he contended with God and won his blessing. See, Jacob had a lot of lessons to learn. Remember what he did to his brother? He's, the brother sold his birthright. Well, Jacob swindled the birthright from his brother. So he wasn't a good guy either. The brother was stupid. <laughs> Don't you be that stupid to swindle your own birthright for a meal. You know how people come along and say, oh, I would die for a piece of chicken. You die for that? The chicken is supposed to die for that, not you. Or, or I'd die for some Hagen dog. You know, some good ice cream, some, something of this or something of that. Or I'd die for, uh, uh, um, um, what's that? The Maryland crab cake, something exotic. 
go ahead if you want to. I ain't dying for nobody's food. Food is food is to eat. You're going to take it in this way and it's going to come out another way. And that's, that's the purpose of food. Leave behind the nutrients and then it's washed away. But to die for it, that's dumb. See, y'all don't, like, don't like me calling you dumb and stupid and all that. But if you do stupid things, somebody needs to jerk the slack out of you and call you dumb. Listen, I'm a nice lady. Hey, what you laughing at? But somebody got to tell you the truth. You know, Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You got to know what really is the truth. And sometimes we go to church, we get a, a feel-good sermon that make you want to jump and shout, yeah, I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be blessed, and God going to give me money, he going to give me money. But what you going to do? It's not about what God's going to do, it's what you going to do. You need to take the responsibility for your own life because God is only going to do what you give him authority to do in your life. What we end up doing so often is we give God some authority. That's why we got saved. But then as Christians, we take back more and more and more and more because we don't want God in that corner. Because that's our own private little thing. We got going on with our own, me, myself, and I. God, you ain't in this. This is me, myself, and I. We inhabit this space. And then when somebody is pricking your consciousness to get you out of that state, oh, well, listen to them. I don't like that preacher. And that's the very one you ought to listen to because they're pricking you with a rod of electricity to get your butt out of that corner. You don't need to be in a place where you feel so comfortable you know everything. You need to be in a place where you don't feel comfortable. Somebody needs to prick your consciousness where you don't feel comfortable about everything they're saying. That's to let the Holy Ghost do his work. You need to be able to let the Holy Ghost do what he has been instructed by God to do in your life. Because if the Holy Ghost doesn't get opportunity to work in your life, how will you ever get the blessings that you've been seeking God for? You won't get them because you won't give God place in your life. <clears throat> now look at Genesis 27. We're going to go back to Esau for a moment. Genesis 27, verse 34. Since we brought up Esau in his birthright. Now look, look at verse 30. As soon as Jacob had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob was scarcely gone from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau came out from his hunting. Esau also prepared savory meat and brought it to his father and said to him, let my father rise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. Now remember Jake, um, yeah. Isaac had, is the father and Isaac is the one that was, his eyes were dim and what Jacob and his mother had done was she had put the, 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 the uh, skin from the goat on, on his arms and on his chest so that when his father smelled them, he smelled like Esau because he knows Esau was a hunter and he smelled like the animals. But they, him and his mom, sucker, sucker now. Because you know how some of them girls do. DVS. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Anyhow, moving right along because it's not about you. <laughs> He said, let my father rise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said to him, who are you? And he replied, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled and shook violently and said, who? 
Where is he who has hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate of it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. Now that's a sad situation. Esau begged for a blessing. His father blessed him, but they weren't like the, the blessings that Jacob got. In 37 it says, And Isaac answered Esau, Behold, I have made Jacob your lord and master. I have given all his brethren to him for servants. With corn and new wine have I sustained them. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up and could not control his voice and wept aloud. Then Isaac, his father, answered, Your blessing and dwelling shall all come from the fruitfulness of the earth and from the dew of the heavens above. By your sword you shall live and serve your brother. But the time shall come when you will grow receptive and break loose, and you shall tear his yoke from off your neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing. Mm -hmm. Now you can blame Isaac for not being able to see, or you could blame Jacob for being the crafty dude that he was. But really, who should you blame? Esau was the one who sold his birthright. Jacob asked him in, you know, passages going by. He said, well, I'll give you, I'll make you a party, a red stew. That don't even sound good. But I guess it was good to him. Whatever. He, he made the red stew and, and Esau ate of it and sold his birthright. Now, you may say, well, we don't do that in our time. Oh, yes, we do. Many of us sell our birthright to get great gain in this world. That's what we do. We, we start out with um, little things, and we can't wait for God to bless us, so we want the blessings today. Remember, we like microwave stuff. We want microwave blessings. We want to be blessed by God, so to speak, but we want it today. We want it yesterday. And if God doesn't deliver by the time we set for him, because after all, God is just God, and he's our servant. Oh, yeah. That's what we think, because we just give God all kinds of commandments, do this, do this, do this. God ain't your gopher. But see, we try to make God into a gopher. Go for this, God. Go for that. I'll go for some fries with that, Big Mac. God is not that little. You are. We are that little. We want to, everything done for us, but we're not willing to take responsibility for doing our share. God wants us to tithe. How many people tithe? A lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. And they still see it in the Word. God wants us to praise Him. A lot of people don't give God any praise. And if they do, when they come to church, it's an act. Because they're standing up because you're not supposed to sit down there. That's the only reason they're standing. Their, their hands are behind their back or they're in the bathroom or they got something else on their mind so they're not involved in the praise and the worship. They're not into that. They don't want to give God anything. They just want God to give them. If you really God, then you're going to give me a million dollars. Right. You can't even control ten bucks. Why would God want to waste a million dollars on you? 
I know this is not what you thought you was going to hear. Esau begged for a blessing. Bless me, Lord. Bless me. That, that's where a lot of us are these days. Bless me, Lord. Bless me. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. You get anything out of this? I hope you end up smarter to, after you leave here than when you came. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. That no one may become guilty of sexual vice or become a profane, godless, and sacrilegious person as Esau did, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. A, he would meet, he, the boy was stupid. Yeah, every time a fast is on, people, I hear people, no, that wasn't for me. That was for the rest of them. All right, okay. So God is talking to the head, and you don't fall under there. So maybe you're not part of this fellowship because if God gives the head, then that means it's for all. Amen. Remember, the head is the one with the vision. And when we're disobedient to do what the head is telling us to do, I mean, if the head is doing something wrong, then that's wrong. But to miss a meal or to, to fast, that ain't nothing wrong with that. You see it in the Bible. Is that going to really hurt you? No. Most of us can afford to miss a few days meals. M listen, don't, when you fast, don't make it just miss a meal. Because that's important. You need to make a fast worth something. Because it's not just about skipping dinner. It's about coming before the Lord and praying and doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing something with that meal time and not just watching TV. We get into this thing. I mean, I have digital TV. I don't know how many people do. Anybody got digital TV? Oh, see a few of you got it. And don't, don't you love all them channels? They, it's fascinating because now you get all these hundred and something channels. I mean, one of my favorites is 131. That's my favorite channel. I put it on the fave button. That's house and garden TV. That's what I like. Talk about house and garden. I like that stuff. That's because most of that other stuff, I can't watch that stuff. It's not rated G. It ain't for me. You got to beware of what's going in. Your porthole. Because what I see, I'm going to repeat. Just like I told you I saw Fred Price and I repeated what he said. If I saw something wrong, I might have repeated that too. See? We do repeat what we see and what we hear. You, you, you parents, you let your children watch VH1 and MTV, and then you wonder why they're not acting Christian. Do they act Christian on MTV? Please. I know it's hard, but you really got to come down on them if you want them to be raised right. It's up to you. You say, well, I can't put a lock on my TV. Yes, you can. I got a news flash for you. You can put a lock on. You, your children cannot turn the stations that you put a lock on. If you got cable, you can put a lock on your TV. And I think most everybody in here probably does. You can lock anything that you don't want them to have. You lock, you parents that carry guns, you lock the guns away so they don't get them. Well, you lock away a lot of your private papers so your kids don't get in there. You put your favorite food items on the uppermost shelf so they can't reach them. Uh-huh, we didn't got home now. Uh-huh. You put the cookies on the bottom shelf so they can get to that because you don't want them anyhow. You want your special stuff that you keep on the top shelf. It's all right. Now let's go to... Now let me see. 
Okay. Okay, Numbers chapter 12. Now this is this is a, a fascinating story. Numbers chapter 12. Ooh, let's see. Well, let's just start at verse 1. Now Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses their brother because of his Cushite wife, his Ethiopian wife, that he had married a Cushite woman. They didn't like his wife, so they talked against her. Now, wait a minute. Before you even think about the wife, because it ain't about the wife, it's about Moses. They talked against the man of God that they had before him, before them. Now, this was his number one and number two age. Think about it. This is Aaron and Miriam. This is his brother and his sister. And they talked against Moses. Now listen, verse 3, oh, verse 2. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now the man, Moses, was very meek. He was gentle, kind, and humble, or above all the men on the face of the earth. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out. And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the tent door and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came forward. Now listen to this. And he said, Hear now my word. <clears throat> if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision and speak to him in a dream. Now listen. Verse 7. But not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. Now they spoke against Moses. This is God's favorite now. But not because he's a nice guy, but because he understands God. Now in verse 8, with him I speak mouth to mouth, directly, clearly, and not in dark speeches. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Remember, he saw his hind parts. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. Now listen to this part. And then the cloud departed from over the tent. Behold, when the look at this. Behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, I plead with you. Lay not the sin upon us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Let her not be as one day already half decomposed when he comes out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O Lord, I beseech you. And the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed for seven days? Let, let her be shut outside the camp for seven days, and after that, let her be brought back in again. And it tells it goes on to say that that's what they did with Mary. But the point I want to make is that the cloud lifted from off the tabernacle where they were. Now, in our situation, when God lifts his hand, takes his hand, the glory that he has on us, because all of us have a glory. You know, the Bible tells us that we are beautifully and wonderfully made, but we have a glory. We have the glory of being the creation that God did with his hand. So when God lifts his glory up, of, up off of us because of things that we have done, like in Miriam and Aaron's case, they talked against the prophet of God. They thought they had reason to talk against him. They were jealous, so they talked against him. So be careful what you say and about who you say about. You may say, well, she's only the usher. She ain't nobody. Listen, that's God's anointing. 
she may be an usher, but that's God's anointed to usher you into the presence of the Lord. You may say, well, they only see us and they don't sound that good. You better watch your mouth. You don't know what God got planned for the singers. You don't know. You have to get into a place where you're not afraid to bless somebody just because. You have to be into a place, get into a place where you're not intimidated because somebody does something better than you. See, we get into these things where we jealous of this one. We jealous of that one. So if we're jealous of them, we got to talk, make everybody else think they look bad. But they look good to God, so you better leave them alone. Don't let your mouth write no check your butt can't care. And I mean that as vulgar as it sounds. Because you need to know that God is on your side, but he's not going to be on your side if you keep talking down about his saints. Those are God's children. How would you feel if some little child was talking bad about your baby? The minute somebody, some, some adult start talking bad about your child, you say, now listen, I love you, and I've known you longer than I love, I've known my child, but you talk about my baby now. The gloves come off when you're talking about my baby. And you know how you parents do, especially you mothers. Don't talk about mama's baby. None of them. From the, the best to the worst. And you can have a bad child. You know it's a bad child. Been in prison everything else. <laughs> you know it's a bad child. But that's your baby. It's still your baby. Uh, you don't care. It didn't stop being your baby just because he committed sin and, and went to prison. That's still your baby. And you still his mama. And when your baby get out of prison, you just so glad to see your baby. You ain't got to go behind them locked doors and bars and all of that and get frisked. Because you know they, they do all kinds of number of things to you when you go to visit somebody in prison. But you're glad that that's your child. And you're not going to let somebody else come up against your child, no matter how wrong they, your child has been. God is even more that way than you are. Where do you think you got it? So the next time you talk about anybody, I don't care if they save the unsaved. Even if they're unsaved, you may want to say nasty things about the, the, the guy that's doing the selling the drugs on the corner, but you don't know next week that man might get saved. And if you talk nice, God may let you be the instrument to get him saved. See, you cannot talk down about the people on this earth because you don't know when one of them going to give you the helping hand you need to get on your feet. See, you don't know what God has planned for you or for them. You have to be ready. Be ready to always say something good because, see, when the glory lifts out of your life, you could be left with leprosy. And you don't want that. Like Aaron said, it's just one day because the body starts decomposing and pieces start falling off. You, you don't, you don't, you, any of you know about leprosy? I mean, your nose can fall off your face. Your toes could start coming off. That's how terrible leprosy is. It ain't no joke. People have this thing that, you know, well, as long as it's happening to somebody else, it's all right. Yeah, but listen, HIV has touched everybody in here. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's just as bad as leprosy. Because when it kills, it's not a pretty sight. You go through years of agony first. Before you die. You look at somebody that died of cancer. That's just as bad. And I know cancer has touched most of the people in here. 
anybody ever lost somebody from cancer? That is a disgusting disease. The person is so, the, the cure seems to be worse than the disease. To go through the chemotherapy, it, it takes all the life out of the person. It drains them. They feel like most cancer patients that have to go through that feel like they'd rather die than go through the chemotherapy. That's a terrible thing. But one of the things I came to tell you is that God wants to bless you. He can take the cancer out of your body. Hallelujah. He can put it under your feet because that's who he is. He, his name is Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that healeth thee. That's who he is. He is a healing God. He wants to heal you. He wants to, uh, first of all, he wants to free you from your sin. That's the first healing that takes place in our lives. And then God wants to deliver you from all the other things that are wrong in your life. But you have to be willing to give those things to God and not take them back. I remember too many times people, they we've written up on pieces of paper, put it on the altar, put it in the basket, burned it up. We've done all manner of things with, with uh, prayer requests and because sometimes it's so hard for people to get into their consciousness that God wants to deliver you. But you have to give up the thing. You got to give it up. You can't play. Don't play with God. God wants to bless you. He yearns to bless you. But you can't play with this. This is not fun and games, folks. This is real. This is reality. Now let's go, go to nine, Matthew chapter 9. I guess this will be my last scripture. I only have a few more minutes. Okay, Mark 9, 17. It was right. Oh yeah, this is it. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wherever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, and thou could not cast them out, that they could cast them out, and they, they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he said, and he asked his father, how long is it since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe all things, are possible to him that believes. You have to believe. You can't go to God just crying and begging and don't have any belief in your heart. You have to believe what the word says. If the word says you can be healed, then you have to believe you can be healed. You have to believe it. You can't rely on the person who's laying hands on you, they're a person. But you, but you want some supernatural gift. Well, the supernatural gift is only going to take reaction with your faith. If you come up there with no faith, the supernatural gift can't do anything with your no faith. You hear what Jesus said? Oh, faithless generation. How long do I have to tolerate you? In other words, he said, you weary me, man. You're making me tired. How long do I got to put up with this unfaithfulness, this lack of faith? How long do I have to put up with it? But it's up to you. It's up to everyone to do the thing 
that's assigned to him to do. God will reach you or meet you, I should say, at a point that where he wants to meet you. But you have to give God something to work with. Amen? You have to give him something to work with. If you don't give God something to work with, he can't work with you. Just like I was talking about with the tithes and the offerings. If you don't give God something to work with, he got to have something. You got to believe that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You're seeking him about healing, then believe that he will heal you. Just because you didn't change uh, and you didn't feel a lightning bolt, because that's what some of us expect when somebody lays hands on you, you want to be supercharged. But it's not about that. It's about believing that God can do what he said he will do for you. When the anointing is upon you, God wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you out of all your troubles. But he cannot do it if you don't allow him to. He can only go as far as you let him go. God has tailor-made blessings for everyone in here. But it's up to you to do your own believing. The bishop can't believe for you. Mother can't believe for you. Uh, Minister Perry can't believe for you. Nobody in here can believe for you. We believe that God will bring you into the fullness of your ministry. As ministers, that's what we pray for. Lord, help them catch the vision. Help them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Well, but you know, sometimes that, that's where you think back to because it just, the, the task seems impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I'm so glad. With God, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you receive something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.